All right, episode 76 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast championship weekend concluded two days ago, and I am still not happy with the result that we got, so we'll jump right into that. Sam, how was your weekend? Man, I'm good. You know what? Just logging in here, Anchor updating their stuff. We got to come with a fresh new flow to this episode, too. We really do. We owe it. We absolutely do. Um, Let's just jump right into it because we got a lot to get to today. Most prominent thing that happened over the past couple days in terms of the world of sports is obviously championship weekend in the NFL, Bucks, Packers, Bills, Chiefs. And if there's anything that we learn, it's that never, never listen to Jason, myself, on picking who's going to win those games because I was 0 for 2. And so if you were a better, just bet against me every time and then you'll win money because I was way off. However, honestly, honestly, looking at both of these games, that Bucks Packers game, and this is the one that I want to start with, that game was as much of the Packers beating themselves as it was the Buccaneers winning that game. Is that fair to say? Oh, 100%. Oh, man, that was so disappointing. So, the, so the first thing that I want to talk about was what a lot of people were talking about coming out of this game. And it was a very specific play, and I want to get your take on it. It was the Packers' decision when they were down eight. It was fourth and goal on the nine-yard line, I believe. It was the decision to kick the field goal and not go for two. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember in Matt LaFleur's press conference, he addressed that because obviously he was going to get asked about that. And they asked him what the thought process behind that was. And he said that they basically had four timeouts working with the two-minute warning. So they Mm -hmm. had all three of their timeouts plus the two-minute warning. Mm -hmm. So that was him trying to uh, defend uh, the call in that situation. Mm -hmm. Before I give my thoughts on it, what did you think of the play call? So I'm going to, I'm going to take a – because, you know, we're a pretty controversial show. We go out on limbs about a lot of things. Uh, Matt LaFleur is just getting ripped left and right. You turn on any sports show. They're obviously going to be talking about this or the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a totally different uniform next year. That's the only thing they're talking about. Right. And especially on Monday, uh, he is getting no reprieve for his decision. I am going to put out a hand to try to pick up Matt LaFleur from the depths of the ocean and save him. Because I, I can agree with his decision to go for the field goal. And here's why. The Packers in the red zone, Jason, if you could quickly bring up their uh, percentage in converting touchdowns in the red zone, just in that drive alone and in the way the second half was going, their offense was stalling and was having trouble really converting big plays. So if you're giving them a fourth and eight situation, I know you have you have Aaron Rodgers who's the best quarterback playing right now. Maybe not on that day because a quarterback later that day outplayed him. And you have Devontae Adams, which had been kind of shut down in the red zone that day. Uh, but this team was just struggling and their offense is supposed to be this the biggest, the most dominant part of this team. But you 
you can't win in that situation. I know everyone is saying, what are you doing kicking that field goal? But the only thing that you get out of that is a tie. You still end up kicking the ball off to Tom Brady to just drive down the field and get a touchdown. Right? So there's, it's a no win situation. The only way they possibly can win the game in regulation is if they kick that field goal and trust in their defense with the four timeouts available, trusting that you're going to give Aaron Rodgers enough time to actually win this game. That's my rationale in the moment when that happened. That's what was going through my head. So looking at the website teamrankings.com, and this is only for touchdown only NFL team red zone scoring percentage. So uh, to, because you wanted the number for it, the Green Bay Packers were actually number one on that list as, at 76.81%. On the, on the day, how many did they convert? On the day, on that stat, I do not have. So you'll have to right. find that while I'm talking. Dude, I can totally um, do that. So I know you wanted to reach out a hand to Matt LaFleur, and you didn't a want life to drown line. him. Just a lifeline. Threw out a raft, you know. Because because he was drowning. Yeah, and right? if anything, just like little the arm floaties that little kids put on. Right. You know, like I put, I'll throw out two of those. Okay. Well, I'm gonna pop both of those. <laughs> And I'm going to let him drive. <laughs> so there's, there's a part I, I do. I will say before I get into what I want to say, there's a part of me that understands a little bit why, what Matt LaFleur was thinking. Tom Brady had thrown three interceptions, I think in the second half, if it wasn't three, then it was definitely two was in three. the second half. Okay. It was three. So he threw a lot. Of intercept, like three and a half, three for a game is a lot, but three for a half is ridiculous. And Tampa Bay had only scored, mm, they don't, they only scored ten points in the second half compared to Green Bay's sixteen. Now, one of those Tampa Bay touchdowns in the second half was directly related to uh, an interception that Rogers threw. That gave them really good field position. So Green Bay's defense was really, really playing well in the second half. They were controlling that game. So part of me understands it. However, here's what I don't understand, and here's why I disagree with the call. I disagree with the call for the sole fact that a field goal in that situation doesn't change whether or not a field goal or a touchdown wins the game. So they're down by eight at that point. Okay, if they kick the field goal, they're still going to need a touchdown. They're still going to need a touchdown to win the game. So with them kicking the field goal, it obviously takes the two-point conversion out of the situation. So for that, maybe, maybe I can hear the argument for that. But I think the only reason in that situation not to try to go – I think the only reason to go for a field goal in that situation is if you're down by six, right? And then, or you're down by, well, actually, no. So it would have to be, yeah, you'd have to be down by six to where a field goal can either tie the game or win the game. If you're down by, if a field goal is not going to change whether or not you have to score a touchdown the next time you have the ball, then I don't, I don't see a reason to really go for it. 
in that situation. Um, if you're trying not to have to convert a two-point conversion, then okay. But still, the thought process for me would have been you're going to have to score a touchdown regardless. So you're right here. You're nine yards away with Aaron Rodgers. I would just take my shot with Rodgers, and if they don't get it, then they don't get it. But at least Tampa Bay is on the nine-yard line. They're working with those four timeouts, one of those being the two-minute warning. And then, you know, they get another shot, hopefully, to, to do it again. But when you're that close, I feel like you just have to go for it. If, if this worked out totally in Matt LaFleur's, totally perfectly for him, that they get the ball, they stop Tom Brady on that first drive, they get the three and out, that pass interference wasn't called, uh, and they get the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with, what, above a minute 30 left? And Rodgers just goes, drives all the way down, scores the touchdown, heck, throws it to Devontae Adams, nice fade in the back of the end zone, cameras, flares, flashing, you know, the whole nine yards, right? Are we sitting here questioning that call? Or is it just the fact that it didn't work out is the thing that everyone gets on him about? Well, hindsight makes everything look worse at at times. It'll either make everything look worse or everything look better. Um, But... Does he not get praised for that call at that point if it works out in his favor? I mean, truthfully, truthfully, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I don't think it changes the fact that, at least for me, it doesn't change the fact that that field goal doesn't change what you have to do on the next play anyway. I mean, on your next drive anyway. You have to score a touchdown eventually. So when you're at the nine-yard line, why not give it a try? If you're trying to avoid having to, to score a, a two-point conversion, then okay. But still, I feel like I would rather take my shot at the nine-yard line with Rodgers, with a team who's very good in the end zone, who was the best end zone, the red zone, the best in the red zone of the year, than risk putting the game pretty much in Brady's hands at that point, too. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. That was just my thought. I think we, we definitely got to put it all into context because we're, we're just looking at one play, and I don't think that's fair to a coach because he has to be thinking about the whole game and what's happening. Well, He's true. not just reacting to one play. This Packers offense, yes, they outscored Tampa Bay in, this, in the second half, but we talked about it. Tampa Bay turned the ball over three times in the second mm-hmm. half. Well, and then there was – and then – so – and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we look back at that one that one play and talk about, oh, that's the one that decided the game. But then you got to look back at the flag that was thrown on third and four. The uh, Packers had the Buccaneers third and four on a very poorly thrown ball by Brady. And then there was a holding call. And I watched that. I watched that replay over and over again. And I think – Johnson did a good job at making it look more egregious, but letter of the law, that's a holding. And for, for you, you just can't, that was, that was more, um, 
I guess, egregious than anything else. And not only that, but then they had him on third and five with 45 seconds left. Um, now, I know the Packers didn't have any timeouts at that point. So, assuming that the play clock would have run down to, I don't know, like four seconds, would it have really mattered? Maybe not. But, I mean, it would have given them a punt return opportunity, maybe. Yeah. So, I don't know. But that, but that game, you can't – It's you, you're never going to win a game if – you turn it if you turn a team over three times and only manage to score like three points off of it. Because I think that's the only I think they only scored three points off of Brady's three turnovers. Uh, Green Bay turned the ball over twice. You you mentioned it earlier, the interception by Rogers uh late in the first half that set up the touchdown for Scotty Miller that was given up by Kevin King, um when he just blows by him. For that's another play. Like, uh, how do you let that happen? Like, you're you're you could go into the half. I don't even think they were in field goal range at that point. I'm pretty sure it was like it would have been a 50 plus yard field goal at that point. So you can go into the half if you're Green Bay, who you're down already. You're not going to have a chance to get on offense late in this half. All you're looking to do is minimize the damage. So at worst, you're thinking it's going to be a field goal, and then you give up the touchdown for seven and it's just completely you're down 18 going into half I know you have Aaron Rodgers and this offense has been cooking all year but going down 18 at half to a in the playoffs is just an insurmountable feat to overcome and then they come out and they're they're driving they the offense definitely looks like the Green Bay offense definitely looks like it's bringing a newfound energy that's uh crisper sharper they get the play they want. Uh, Aaron Jones, their star running back, is coming out of the backfield, down the middle of the field, wide open, catches the ball, turns. DB for uh, Tampa Bay, uh, I think it was uh, Whitehead, makes a great play on the ball, puts his helmet right on the ball, pops out, sets up Tampa Bay with first and goal for a touchdown. And now it's just like, holy cow. All of these things are going against Green Bay right now. And then they get the breaks, Jason. They get the breaks where they're picking off Brady because Brady looks befuddled at this point. I mean, that pick that he threw for the jump ball to Mike Evans looked so bad. First off, great play call by uh, Green Bay's defensive coordinator for a corner blitz off the edge that just caught Brady by surprise. Uh, and he just heaved it up there. <laughs> and then Mike Evans is tipping balls right to Green Bay. It looked like he was a Green Bay DB at some points. It's just – and the Green Bay could not capitalize for the life of them with a touchdown on those plays. That is the reason Green Bay lost this game because they had ample opportunities to get back in it and not make that fourth – or the third down play to where they're – they get it or not, or Aaron Rodgers is able to run it in or not, and then they mess that up and have to field goal. That wouldn't even have been in the conversation if they were able to capitalize on their opponent's mistakes, which they just couldn't do it. That's I think that's the biggest reason why Green Bay fell in this game, and I think that's the most disappointing thing for Green Bay because they had such a great season. They were playing the best football as anyone has this year, and then they just it just was an off day. Yeah, like I said, it was as much of them beating themselves as it was the Buccaneers winning because they the Buccaneers gave them every chance to win that game. 
gave them every chance to win that game. And you know what? Leaving that game and then after watching the Chiefs and the Bills one, it makes me all the more certain that the Chiefs are by far the better team heading into this game. Agreed. By uh, far before, the better Before team. we move on to um, Kansas City-Buffalo, which I don't even think we'll talk that long about it, because uh, this yeah. game was definitely the <laughs> more competitive of the two. What- yeah, don't let the score fool you, because it seems kind of closer than it actually was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what is What does this mean for Tom? Does this change your perception of Tom that he's now made it to the Super Bowl with an NFC team? And what, do you, what did you think of his play in this game and this playoff so far? Honestly, I think uh... – and I mention him on the show all the time, and it's just because he's my favorite. Oh, Mike I listen to him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so he, for those of you that don't know, he when he was in his early part of his career, he covered uh, the Michael Jordan Bulls for like six years. He was with them virtually every single day for six years. Um, and I think he said it best. He was saying that he always thought that, you know, his grandkids – we're going to grow up and ask him about Michael Jordan and ask him about the greatness of that player. And he's like, for the, and he was saying that for the first time, he's not so sure that that's going to happen. He feels like his grandkids are now going to ask him about Tom Brady because of, because of how Tom Brady, what he has done. And he was making the, the comparison to Michael because Michael was just so absurdly successful and this otherworldly type player. And then you look at what Tom has done with 10 Super Bowl appearances, six rings. And you sit there and you could really make the argument for, you know, if you were to, if you were to put all the major sports in one category, you know, if you were to put like baseball, football, basketball, Hockey. I mean, hell, you could even throw soccer in there. You have to. And you were to take, and you could take one, one player from each of those sports in their history. So five players put them up against each other and say, in an uncomparable situation, but just who was the best? Tom Brady is now, I think, the NFL's version of who they would put there. And I think he's got an extremely strong case for maybe being the best American team sports player ever. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's I think it's I think it's especially especially if he wins this game. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he's probably already cemented himself there anyway. But especially if he goes and wins this game, I pretty much think it becomes undebatable at that point. He would have seven rings in ten attempts. Yeah. He's made – he's been in the league 21 seasons, and he's been there ten times. It's just – Almost – It's crazy. 50% of the seasons he's played, he's been in the Super Bowl. And it's – I think it's close to um, 20% of all Super Bowls played – He's been in. Yeah. Of the whole history. No, there's no way. I don't know. I heard that on a radio show. I don't want to give it much credence. It just sounded, it sounded cool. It sounded flashy. It's, I, no, I think you're almost, I think you're right, actually. 
Um, it was like eighteen percent. Steph Curry's three point average is four point three three, and I think the likelihood of Brady making the Super Bowl is higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a better, you can either bet on Steph Curry making his next three or Tom Brady making the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's forty seven percent for Tom. That's insane. <laughs> and some, I, what do you think, Jason? Do you think the Super Bowl is the hardest to reach in a professional sports compared to like the finals or the um, the World Series? I think so because generally, in a series, the better team ends up winning. In a one-game playoff, I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. The Raiders are not a better team than the Chiefs. And they beat them once, and they almost beat them twice this year. They're not better than the Chiefs, but they almost did. Right. Um, and I'm just using that because that's the only game that the Chiefs lost, except for the one where they sat everybody. I mean, we could just uh, take this example. I mean, Green Bay in Tampa, if they play – I know they played twice this year, but obviously Green Bay played them way better than they did last time. So I don't put a lot of credence on the regular season game that they played. If Green Bay and Tampa Bay play in a seven-game series, does Green Bay potentially make it out of it? Because they have home field advantage and because of matchups, like they may learn more things from Tampa Bay type of thing? What, what do you think about that? It's tough because the X Factor is Brady and his leadership, and he's arguably the best leader in, in, in sports. And um I don't know. That's an interesting question. That'd be really interesting, <laughs> and it'd be impossible to do because you need such a big break between football games. But that'd be really interesting to have like a a three game series. Yeah. Do you think Brady played well today or on Sunday? He played well in the first half. Yeah. In the first half, both of them were cooking. Oh, that's, Rogers. That's Rogers uh, played better. Rodas, Scotty Miller. Wow. Yeah, Rogers played better, but. The thing about the thing about and it's so weird because you know you you hear the you always hear about when when Brady was in New England how the New England way was you know they're never going to make a mistake. They're going to let you make the mistakes and then eventually you're going to look up and you'll have beaten yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, in a weird way the Buccaneers were cuz you know the Buccaneers have sort of morphed into what the Patriots offense was when Brady was there and they have a really good defense. So in the way they're kind of hybrid new England, mm, except, except, not really. except, well, what I'm saying is that except new England didn't really push the ball downfield. Now Tampa Bay pushes the ball downfield <laughs> yeah. all the time. So in that way they're different, but they also have let Brady sort of run the offense and Brady will by all means give, uh, we'll just take what the defense gives them and sort of just let the other team, you know, make their mistakes. Well, the Buccaneers were the ones who were making the mistakes. The reason why New England won always, always used to win was because when you made a mistake, they capitalized with a touchdown. Normally, Green Bay wins that game if they take two of those turnovers or one of. The, so if they take two of those turnovers and score one touchdown and one field goal. Mm-hmm. They win that game. They win that game. And that two-point conversion that was dropped in the end zone comes way back to bite them. 
because of that field goal at the end. You know, when the, if they're down 26 to 31 at that point, do they kick the field goal and make it 29 to 31? I think kicking the field goal at that point would make a lot more sense because then if you get the ball back, then you could just kick a field goal and win the game. Would you? But would it you just they would it have, eliminated um, options. Do you think if it was if it was that same situation, do you think they go for the sheer points at that point, or do they go for the win? No, I think I think they go for the field goal at that point. I think they go for the field goal based on how well their defense had been playing, plus the four timeouts, and then you hope that Rodgers can get you in field goal range. So I don't I don't like the I mean, Tom Brady obviously is the goat. We've been gawking at his numbers of getting to the maybe the greatest winner in modern sports history, right? I mean, this is before he even yeah. steps foot on the Super Bowl, which they're hosting in Tampa Bay. That makes him makes him and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the first team to ever host a Super Bowl or play in a Super Bowl that is at their arena, which I guess technically the Chiefs would be the home field, home team, because they're the highest seed. They technically would be, yeah, but... Yeah. But on this day and through this these playoffs, I guess this all just washes away because they made the Super Bowl, but Tom hasn't played nearly as well as he has in his career. I mean the mm. because the dude's the greatest player of all time, but he's definitely not playing up to that standard. And the fact that he in the second half he looked dreadful. He was terrible. Their whole that. offense but was in the, stalled. But in the first half, they were slinging it around the yard, and he looked great. But how much of that was – because they capitalized with 14 points off of Green Bay's turnovers in in Green Bay territory. So prime field, condi- field positioning, and that led to 14 points for Tampa Bay. I know we can't go back and go. Oh well, if that if that didn't happen, then they would have only scored. Blah blah blah. But that's things to keep in to context of the performance that we saw. I think we all gotta just just slow it down a little bit here. Yeah, this was this was the win that shouldn't have happened. The Packers should have won this game by all accounts. They should have won this game. At least you look at you look at everything that happened, and you go, "Well, I'm I don't know how Green Bay didn't win this game." I don't know. Like you just have you have you been seeing the the sentiment that it was Aaron Rodgers' fault that Green Bay lost this game? Yeah, it was thirty-three for forty-eight, sixty-eight percent completion percentage, three hundred and forty-six yards, three touchdowns, and one pick with a. Well, yeah, here's 108. Yeah, and what like I was saying, in, like in like you just said, you look at like I so bringing in what I said and what you said, the win that shouldn't have happened. You just compare the numbers, like you just did with Rogers. So you read Rogers' numbers: thirty-three for forty-eight, three forty-six, yep. three touchdowns, one mm-hmm. pick. Brady, on the other hand, twenty for thirty-six, two hundred and eighty yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. So Rodgers wins that. You go to the total yards. Green Bay had more total yards. They had more passing yards. Now, they had less rushing yards, but it was only by nine. The Packers had more first downs. Mm -hmm. They had more total plays. 
and they won the turnover battle, and they had the ball for almost 10 minutes long. So, but the two stats that are the most damning for the Packers, really, are actually, Points well, off turnover. Well, what? yeah, so it would be points off turnover, and then Rodgers was sacked five times. That's really the only thing that's in favor of Tampa. So on paper, the Buccaneers shouldn't have won this game, but they did because Green Bay just couldn't capitalize off turnovers. They had every opportunity to win this game, and they just and think couldn't. Think about it, too. Tom had 280 yards, right? Pretty pretty respectable on 20 attempts. 20 for 36, that's not yeah. really a Tom. We think of Tom as, like, just throwing dots underneath. Yeah, but we also got to know that, you know, with the with the offense that they're running and the deep balls that they're throwing, he's probably not going to be as Exactly. Accurate. So so he has a long of 52 from Chris Godwin. He has a long of 27 from Mike Evans, 39 from Squat, Scotty Miller, and 29 from Rob, right? Those are big chunk plays that those those four four plays make up what almost uh, probably a third of his total yards in that game. Four plays make up almost a third of his total yards in a game. Well, and they only had three hundred and fifty total yards on the day, so <laughs> there you go. Just in terms, so read off the read off. Hang on, read off those uh, numbers uh, again. Fifty-two, twenty-seven. Yeah. 39 yep. and 29. Yep. Okay. So, so that's 147. Oh, it's half. Right? It's so half st- of his yards. Yeah. They, well, okay. Over half. So, <laughs> if you want to get technical. <laughs> well, the, well, the thing, well, the thing about it is, is that not only that, but that was those four plays. I just did the math right now was 42% of the Buccaneers' total offense for the entire day. That was 42% on four plays. Yeah, I, see, Jason, when you say that this is New England's offense, that's just blasphemy. It's nothing like – this is like the ugly stepchild of New England's offense. They have nothing <laughs> alike. Well, the thing was that last week – they were very New England-esque. This week, they were not. But last week, they, they were much more in favor of that. And I was more referring to the fact that it seems like they're allowing Brady to sort of take what the defense is giving them a lot of the times instead of forcing the ball downfield. But it did seem like in this game, they were forcing it a little bit. But. And should we talk about their opponents? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know uh, if there's anything other to say than, by the way, just to give you an idea of who their opponent is and who the quarterback that Tom Brady will be facing. Uh, when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> so that's who he's going to be playing against. And I got two more Mahomes stats for you, which is which are absolutely crazy. Patrick Mahomes will play in two Super Bowls before ever losing an NFL game by more than one possession. Last game he lost by more than one possession was was in 2016 versus Iowa State. Patrick Mahomes lost by more points to Ohio State, 56, in 2016 than he has 
than he has in all of his losses combined during his NFL career, which is 44. Wait, he lost to Ohio State more than by more than 44? So, yeah, so the game that he lost to Ohio State, they lost by 56 Jeez. points. And this in, guy's and in his entire <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and in his entire NFL career, you combine his losses, he's only lost by 44. Wait, so were the scouts mad at that game or <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Who, but, who gets yeah, here to see that's you? that's who his opponent is. I'm here to see uh Patrick Mahomes. What what team does he play for? Oh, uh, Texas Tech. Oh, they're getting just crushed today. <laughs> they're getting Yeah, he's terrible. Murdered. He's terrible. Um, but, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about the Bills game and the Chiefs game. Except for Josh the Allen just... when he fell down. He fell back down to earth. Yeah, he did not have a great game. He didn't have a they good game. They need to invest and in the I... game for him. Not only do they need to invest in a running game for him, but and maybe it was a product of the Chiefs getting pressure on him, but – and he just – he's great at being mobile and mm-hmm. running. But when he – but when he – he is such a phenomenal pocket passer. You So – and I lost my train of thought. I don't know if it was a – it was a product of the Chiefs just having really good pressure all day or the Bills just having an atrocious offensive line. I haven't watched them enough to really – to really know. Uh Josh Allen bailed it, bailed him out a lot with his legs, and he's really good at doing so. But man, you got to be able to protect him because he was running for his life all day. It seemed like all day. I swear he barely had a clean pocket on any of his snap on any of his snaps or dropbacks. It was it was hard to watch. He was he was just running around like he was Lamar. It was it was well. He nuts. was the leading rusher on the day. He had seven. He had eighty-eight yards rushing out of their one twenty-nine. That's, that's a pretty good day. I mean, it's a good day for rushing, but man, if you're the offensive line, you got to protect him better than that. And again, maybe it was the Chiefs, and they had a really good day uh, bringing the heat. I don't know, but sacked him four times. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, this is back-to-back games for the Bills that their offense has really underperformed compared to expectations. So uh, I think they literally – I wouldn't put too much credence, to, credence into it. The Chiefs are just on another level. I think that's the biggest thing so, to take away. So hang on. So they scored 24 points in the conference championship game, and they scored 17 in the divisional yeah. round. I'm going to go back – to their okay so (laughs) this is interesting so they scored 24 and 17 in their last two playoff games i'm going back through their previous scores Mm -hmm. and the last time that they scored that little in a game so less than 24 yeah was they scored 24 on november 1st so all the way back to November, since that November 1st game, it was 44, 30, 27, 34, 26, 48, 38, 56. 
So they got shut down in the playoffs, and maybe and maybe it was the defenses that they were playing against. But as I say that, you know, we're talking about the Chiefs' defense, and the Chiefs' defense, while it's a good defense, is not one of the top defenses. How many in did the Buffalo league. score on on the Chiefs the last time they played in the regular season? Oh, they scored seventeen. I just looked it up. Seventeen. So, man, Kansas City. Got Josh Allen's number. Yeah, they do. Niners better watch the film of that. Those two games, they do. But no, I don't think there's a ton to, to dive into in terms of that game. That that game was pretty ugly for the most part. Um, looking ahead to the Super Bowl, we already had a preview. We already had a preview early in the season. The Chiefs and the Bucks played each other. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but they played each other on November 29th. It was 27 and 24. Chiefs won that game. Patrick Mahomes went 37 for 49 for 462 and three touchdowns. That was the game that Tyreek Hill, that Tyreek Hill had the 13 receptions, 269 for three touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. Didn't he have like over 150 in like the first half that game or something like that? I think he had over 200 in the first half on that game. And Brady, that game was 27 for 41, 345, three touchdowns, and two picks. By the way, the last time that uh, also some stats for that game, the Chiefs put up a total of 543 yards on Tampa's defense that game. Hmm. So there's that. <laughs> it's, it'll be a lot. I, I don't think every Super Bowl offenses, I feel like, are down. Oh yeah, so it'll be tight because defense because defenses are are locked up at that yeah, you point. Get two weeks to prepare. So mm-hmm. Tampa Bay will we'll figure out something. They'll probably attack Mahomes like they attacked Rogers because they're pretty similar quarterbacks. If they can hit, if they can bring the pressure on Mahomes, this game will be closer than we all think. But yeah, I just don't, I just don't think that'll happen. <laughs> I don't think right. there's anything stopping the Chiefs at this point. They're just too good. Um, they have no significant injuries. It feels like I, actually they had they had injuries. They have injuries on the O line, but it yeah the Chiefs yeah the Chiefs right now. I'm looking at the Vegas odds. They opened as a three and a half point favorite against. Yeah, the you Bucks. bet the Chiefs all day. That three and a half is too low. Yeah, yeah. For me, for my own money. Uh, no, yeah. actually, for your guys' money, yeah. bet on the Chiefs. But my money, I'll, I'll That's keep true. in pocket. So are we, uh, are we both taking the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? I guess you guys will have to tune in next week for when we do our Super Bowl predictions. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll early pick the Chiefs right now. I'll, I'll mill over it for a week or two, and I'll let you guys know if, uh, if that changes between now and then. But I'll pick them early right now, and then we'll see if, we'll see if that changes. Over I'm, the I'm leaning week. towards the home team. Really? <laughs> Think of that what you what you make. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I hope I hope people got that joke. Yeah. I don't I doubt it. I don't even it think was. it was a joke. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh man. Well, 
Okay, see ya. No, I'm kidding. All right, we got a lot more to talk about still. We got a lot more to talk about still. We'll jump right into the NBA. Sam and I wanted to do something uh, in terms of the NBA standings and sort of ranking. Sam did his top five teams in the league currently. Okay, currently. Mm-hmm. Last week. Oh, no. Was, but he did that. It's either last week or the week before that, but he did that sort of preemptively. So we're going to do it live. We're going to do it live right now, sort of talk about why we think these teams right now are are where they need to be. Um, I mean, on where they should be in terms of our top five rankings. It'll be a collective collective effort yeah. here. So, Sam, you can sort of lead the uh, lead You know the what? Endeavor. We're always – sports debates – sports shows now are all about debate and – Oh well, I think it's this, and it's all about creating intriguing content because people are going against each other. You know what? We're all about positivity, collectivity, community here on the Nothing Front. to Say podcast. I love Jason. Jason has um, somewhat lesser feelings about me, but we're going to put those aside <laughs> to put together our own list because it's all about teamwork here. It's sports after all. Mm. I'll give a. Slight recap. This was on January 13th, so almost uh, a couple weeks ago. I had the Lakers at the top. Celtics followed. C- Celtics had two, followed by the Hornets, who probably aren't in our collective top five anymore. <laughs> the Jazz were up there and then finished off with Portland. So, Jason, any teams mm-hmm. jumping out to you? Right off the bat, that just got to be included. We don't got to rank them in. Let's get it like a nice list of maybe eight that should be considered. All right. Well, um, I think if you just look at relative – so are we doing current? Like based on how they're currently playing? You know what, Jason? It's up to you. Who do you think the top five teams in the NBA are right now? Well, I think right now you just kind of have to look at their last – you know their 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 win streak. What what teams are hot right now? So the Lakers are they've won three straight, but they're fourteen and four. They have the best record in the league right now. So I think I think we'd it'd be kind of dumb if yep, we slapped their name on the whiteboard in the uh, right exactly. The Clippers they've won seven straight, and they're sitting at thirteen and four. They have the second best record in the in the NBA. The three best records in the NBA right now all belong to the Western Conference, and the Jazz right now are actually the team with the longest win streak in the NBA right now at eight yep. wins. At Playing eight hot. wins. They started off four and four and then have rattled off eight straight. So Didn't good for them. All up the, the Jazz absolutely destroyed them. Let me – sorry, you can keep going. Yeah, they did. It was 127 to 108. So, team that might, that I, and I didn't know this actually. I don't know if we could maybe put them, I don't think we're going to put them in the top five, but I didn't realize that the Grizzlies on a five game winning streak right now. The Grizzlies are <laughs> on a five game uh, winning streak right now. They beat. played in a while. <laughs> no, they haven't. <laughs> taking a uh, um, taking extended leave of absence in the middle of the season. A little vacation time. For right. It's just time to rest. Um, they beat the Nets, the Cavs, the Timberwolves, the 76ers, and the Suns. So they beat three, three pretty dang good what, teams. What, a week ago? In the midst Two of that ago? live game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Their last game was on uh, the 18th. But I don't think we can hold that against well, them. Well, you, you know what I'm factoring in, Jason? They would have lost the back-to-back to hmm. Sacramento that, that had to be delayed. So I'm just factoring that in. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the 76ers are coming off back-to-back wins against the Celtics. So they want they beat both they beat them twice. Then they beat the Pistons, and then the Pistons got their number. So they were on a three game win streak, and then they dropped one to the Pistons, and then that's that's not a good loss. <laughs> there are good losses and bad losses. That's a bad loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know the health of their team at that point because weren't they dealing with weren't they dealing with COVID um, concerns I'm for a while? I'm pretty sure Joel and Ben Simmons are back. Um, I know that Ben Simmons just lit it up against Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I feel like I feel like for me, you have to throw in the Lakers, Clippers, and Jazz. I feel like they have to be in that conversation. Yep. Any any surprising teams? Come on, let's get some let's get some of the some different blood in there. Okay, so 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Nets right mm-hmm. now. You want you. I feel like it's almost impossible not to throw them in because because of their roster, because of the whole Durant, Irving, and Harden thing. However, at least so far, I mean, have they? Is it safe to say that they've underperformed? I feel like they. I feel like they've underperformed, but it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if. I hold that against them per se. And the reason why is just because you have three ball-dominant players who are learning to play with each other. And when you have guys who are so used to being ball-dominant, and I guess – and it's funny to say, but Durant is – well, maybe it's not funny to say because it's Irving and and Harden that we're talking about. Durant, we saw in in, um, Golden State, is fine playing off ball. However – he is clearly the best player on that team out of Irving and Harden. So he should probably have the ball the most, but you have two players who end up having the ball the most because that's just who they are. Now, with a full off season, I feel like they wouldn't be having these sort of chemistry bumps in the road that they might be having right now. But I feel like we have to throw them on the list because there's just this expectation that they're going to figure it out. And even though they haven't figured it out necessarily right now, it just feels almost wrong to not have them in there because I, I can't, I can't for the life of me believe that they're not going to figure it out enough to start rattling off uh, a bunch of wins. No, I, get, I totally get you. You know what? We can, we can reason it with this. The James Harden trade was, let's say three or four wins in a row. That was the significance of it. You know, and for our rankings purposes. It just totally yeah. made us think that much better of the Nets. Or even, hey, yeah. hell, maybe a fight win streak this early in the season. Yeah. And then uh, maybe a surprise team, uh, the Sacramento No, Kings. we can't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell you what, the Warriors are playing a lot better as of recent. Yeah, they beat the Lakers. Then they lost to the Knicks and Utah. Off the top of my head. And man, it really it really just stinks, you know, like with Clay not being out there, because they could they would so they're sitting in nine and eight. 
They would be ahead of they with Clay in there. They'd be ahead of the yep. Suns right now. They'd be ahead of the Grizzlies yeah. right now. I definitely think they'd be ahead of the Trailblazers, and they'd probably be ahead of the Nuggets totally. too, record-wise. If not, if not, they'd be sitting at at least. I think they'd be at least ten and seven or better. So they go from the eighth seed to probably the fourth seed with Clay. And it's just a real bummer too because there's, I don't know. The NBA, I think, I think the NBA benefits so much from the Splash Brothers being a big part of their working brand. You know? Oh my gosh! Well, Steph Curry is one of the biggest draws that the NBA has to offer. Clay Thompson yeah. is just icing on the cupcake. And, and say and say what you want about the Warriors, because we're Kings fans, and while they're in our same division, it wasn't fun to watch them you know, rattle off so many championships in a row. You can't deny they're fun to watch. When they're at their peak, they're a blast to watch. And they're not at their peak right now. And it's it's a shame. It really Where do you, where's the perception on Boston right now? Truthfully, I don't think I could give you a good in-depth analysis on Boston. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to Boston. So you'll probably have a better understanding um, of that yeah, than I, I will. I think they've, they've fallen off a little bit. They got blown out. Who was it? Was it the Seventy Sixers beat them by twelve, and then yeah, the yeah, Knicks, the Knicks. So that's, probably that's the what game I was here. just thinking of. Man, they lost both games to to the Seventy Sixers. That's tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they're just, they're going to be there. They're, I think they're in relation to Milwaukee. Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Where would you rank the the Celtics? I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't for the life of me figure out why Milwaukee's not not playing better than they are right now. I'm surprised, and it's and I know that that's weird to say because they're ten and six, but. I think with that team, I expected them to be number one in their division yeah, at this for point. Sixty wins, right? Exactly. Um, I'm looking at Giannis's numbers, and he's been playing really well. I don't know. I think maybe right now you just sort of keep them like literally what they are on paper is exactly where they need to be. Right so now. in you have Philadelphia coming out of the East then Boston, then Milwaukee, then Brooklyn? For, oh, sorry, were you talking who, about playoffs have, or right now? the most confidence making the NBA Finals and then ultimately losing the to the Nets? Yeah. The Nets, honestly. Yeah, because I think, I think when push comes to shove, you're going to want the best. I think when push comes to shove, the best players are going to come out of each conference. Well, why does push speaking. always have to come to shove? Sorry, that was uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's weird that you um, like the Nets. But I think you hate James Harden. I am not a fan of James Harden. And I'm not a Kyrie. fan of uh necessarily what, play it's not really it's not them as people. It's not it's not them as it's not them as uh people, it's their play style. Um but I don't know. I, they're gonna be the worst defensive team in the league by far. And that is not what I have said uh, always is going to win a championship. Normally the best, normally the best defensive teams 
come out of each conference or at least a team in the, the, the top 10. Brooklyn's not mm-hmm. going to be that. But I think in the playoffs, by that time, I'm assuming – this is a big assumption. I'm assuming that they're going to have that – whatever chemistry problems they're having right now, more than likely figured out to a point where they can put it together for seven games and come through, come through the playoffs and, and, win, and win their individual series. And I think if it was just Kyrie Irving and James Harden on the team together, I wouldn't give them a chance. But because Durant is on the team and he's got that championship experience, and I think he's out to prove that he can lead a team to a championship and not be carried. I don't know. I don't know if it's carried. Dragged. I don't Yeah, I don't know if carried is the right word. Held unconscious to a championship. I feel like that, well, is, that is blowing it. I mean, portion of actually what happened. So please, listeners, right, exactly. don't roll your eyes and turn off the, the podcast. It was it's a joke. It is not my right. true feeling. Um, it's a. It, I have to. But I, I have to post like a uh, a statement. These these statements do not uh, accurately depict the feelings of the Nothing to Say podcast. <laughs> right. But I feel like in the Eastern Conference, I have more faith in Durant than Giannis or more faith in Durant than Tatum or more faith in Durant than Joel Embiid. And then you just have the added bonus. Right, exactly. So I just – I feel like it would be – I don't know. I feel like it would be weird if if Brooklyn doesn't come out of it. And then, I, you know, I say that also I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucs or the Celtics Mm – do it but at the same time i think if i'm i think if i'm betting money i'm just going to pick the nets because they you know even though they're not going to be a great defensive team i think just they're gonna they're gonna do what they need to do to get to the championship which is a very general and like non-informative thing to say but you're you're an expert bet yourself so who who no. you got? Who you want to just slide in there at the fifth spot? Fifth best team in the NBA right now, Jason Russell. Who is it? Well, what? Well, what do we have uh, as our one through four? No, we're. I think we're going bottom to top. Yeah. Oh, bottom to top. Start with the toes bottom and with to the top. Hair. Um. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Never heard that one. Have you? Uh. <laughs> no. From your toes down. <laughs> oh well, man, just, that's inside joke. Inside joke, everybody. Right, you're just exactly. thinking bigger than yourself. Um, I don't know. I feel I don't know. I'll let you pick five because I think it just comes down to the 76ers, Celtics, or Bucks. So I got. I'll give you the list here. I got Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Grizzlies, 76ers, Nets, Celtics. Bucks and Nuggets. Just right. as I was reading those, who do you think I, slides in there? I think one through three for me isn't going to change. I think it's going to stay Lakers, Clippers, Jazz. So you're really just talking about four and five. The Nuggets have finally settled into what seems like winning basketball after going and getting off to a weird start because – I don't know. I thought they would be much higher than they are recently. 
uh, or at least than they were at the beginning of the season. I'm think um, I'm leaning towards putting uh, Brooklyn Super Team at number five. Yeah, that's sort of what okay. I'm feeling too. And then I think I think the coin flip for four comes down to the Nuggets, the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Bucks. It's a coin flip. So it's a five-sided five coin. You insert whoever. It's a four-sided yeah. coin, but that's okay. I mean, okay. darn it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd, so, be, I'd be cool so with I'm, whoever, I'm honestly. Put here. I'm not putting the Grizzlies on this list, so I'm throwing that out there. No. I'm leaning towards the Jazz at number four. Yeah. Really? Well, that means you have somebody mm-hmm. in mind for three. Now, who do you um, have in mind I'm for three? I'm putting the 76ers at three. Just rewarding them for being the top seed in the East. Something just like that's totally fair. arbitrarily not measured. That doesn't mean anything. And then Clippers. And then yeah, Clippers that's kind of like man. So okay. read the list again. I'm just writing it now. So we got number one, the best team. Nothing to say. The fans podcast, episode 76. Yeah, I listen. Mm-hmm. Episode 76. Top five teams of the NBA right now. Lakers, Clippers, 76ers, Jazz, Nets. I'm cool Do with you that. see anything? Are you buying the Clippers? as a contender to beat the Lakers and make the NBA Finals this year? I'm not buying anybody as a contender to beat the Lakers this year. Okay, say you have money. Are Honestly. I don't think anybody's going to beat the Lakers. I this, truly this don't. This recent seven-game win streak don't. hasn't changed your mind. Playoff P coming out, <laughs> you know, making his yearly appearance. Honestly, with LeBron playing still with 46, 6, and 8 at 38 minutes, the fact that they – listen, they got better from last year. I don't want anybody to to think uh, that they got worse or that they lost depth. They didn't. They added Montrez Harold for God's sake. My God. That My guy God. is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> And then you have and then you have Kuzma off the bench and Caruso off the bench and Wesley Matthews and Markeith Morris. Like literally everybody on their bench is has has made a, a bit of a name for themselves in the NBA. You can't say that with every team. The Lakers, yes, they're top heavy, top heavy but they're not at the same time because they because they have good depth. Like I know it's contradictory to say they're top heavy and then to say that they have good depth, but Honestly, for the superstars that they have, they have a very good supporting cast around them. I don't, I don't see anybody getting past the Lakers. The Clippers at all. are scary, man. If they continue to play like this, they're. Oh man, I really should do a lot more research, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. I think they're the the best three point shooting team in the league right now, at least based off of percentages. Hmm. Please, please. Let's find out. Let's see. They're, see this team ranking. Two, here we go. Great, they they are. are. That's just an added element that 
and the Lakers are not, which is a big deal. Lakers, the Lakers yeah. are fifth. Two good three-point shooting teams, but the Clippers, I mean, the, the fact that they're the best three-point shooting team in the league, who knows if that lasts this year and if it comes out in the playoffs. But you have Kawhi Leonard just on cruise control taking over games right now, and their whole team is just gelling. Did you know that dun, 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 the Kings are in the top ten? <laughs> We're not talking <laughs> about the Kings. Three points you need in the league, but the Clippers are second in <laughs> points per game and fourth in opponent in opponents' points per game. They're averaging seven points more mm-hmm. than their opponents this year, which doesn't seem like it's a on lot, average but... though. Oh, that's a yeah, good, they're that's pretty a good margin. They're the fourth best defensive team based off of points yeah. per game. You love defense. I think the, mm-hmm. the Lakers are truthfully number one, though. If I was to guess. Yeah. Well, what are the what's the Lakers' uh, defensive Dude, numbers? They're second. And then they're they're oh, eight. Well, there you go. <laughs> points per game. Huh. Well, see, they're a great defensive team as well. Yeah, I think they're one of the best. I think the Bucks are ranked so, the best. I honestly just hope we get the matchup that we all wanted last year, which was Clippers Lakers. Yeah. I hope we get that this year. I don't want to be robbed yeah. of that again. So Clippers, do your job. <laughs> don't be no, no, seriously. Yes. Okay. <laughs> seriously, That's all you have to do. Oh man. So. um one other thing before we uh, – well, actually, here, let's let's finalize this NBA talk. Let's read that list one more time. I'll put it out on my Instagram story, and I'll have people vote okay. to see if they agree with our list. You ready? At number yep. five, the Brooklyn Nets. Number four, the Utah Jazz. Number three, Philadelphia 76ers. Number two, the Los Angeles Clippers. And number one, the La La Lakers. That is your nothing to say. The fans podcast. Top five NBA teams right now. All right. And before we before we log off, there's one thing. Oh, dude, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you want to talk about this. Nothing to do with sports. (laughs) Nothing to do with sports. And if you guys haven't been keeping up with WandaVision, then Mm -hmm. turn it off. Spoilers. Telling you right now. Giving you the warning. I'm letting you know we're going to be of, talking about spoilers. Episode, so I don't want to hear. Three is the most recent one. So if you guys are listening to this podcast yep. later and episode four or five or six or hell, the season finale came out, just know that's where we're at right now. Right. So I don't want to hear anybody saying that you guys didn't give spoiler warnings. We're giving you an ample amount of time to turn it off. Okay. We good? We ready? Everybody going? All right, let's settle in. Let's buckle up. What are we because... on an African safari? <laughs> we seriously have some things okay. to talk about right now. So the number one, the number one did question you, that I have right now is, oh, no. <laughs> but the number one question yeah. that I have about it right now, what is the hell is happening? Just plainly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does Wanda know? That she's in a so simulation? Like, you brought this... We t- because... We talked about this a little bit, right? Just a little bit. There was yeah. that on the radio, right? Where it was like, 
Wanda, like, get out, or what's going on? Right. Who's doing this to you? But then, then in this episode, she sends the, I don't even know the character's name, the black chick away, out of the zone, wherever they're in. So she has yeah. to be in some level of control. And she's also the one that's able to um, reverse the play-by-play. Because, you know, in that episode when Vision was like, something's going on, something's yeah, yeah, yeah. really crazy. And then she like, and honey, everything's fine. It's like, she has to be in control of that. Yeah. But why? Mm-hmm. Right. And not only that, but like, it's like they're, they're, the radio makes it seem like people have her held captive with somebody going, Wanda, mm-hmm. who's doing this to you? And the fact that everybody seems to be in on this except for Wanda and Vision. So it makes it seem like people are yeah. – they have her somewhere. But then, like you said, with her being able to reverse what's happening – it just it doesn't that doesn't that, that doesn't link up. Still. Like how does she have? Is, what do you I, mean? Because I thought this was like a computer generated, like simulation that she's going through. How does she have, like her physical powers? I don't know. And do you know if this takes? Place I don't know. After and I, it takes so place after Endgame. Gets snapped back. It takes. And then now she's stuck in this. Yeah, it gets it takes place after Endgame, and it's supposed to link up with the Doctor Strange multiverse of which is supposed to be madness. like a horror, isn't it? Yeah, it's supposed to be really freaking <laughs> creepy, and it's going to be a mashup of like that movie. Apparently, is going to have like a billion people in it, and Spider Man Three literally is going to have every single like Marvel character that's ever really? been in Marvel er- ever. It seems like, yeah. Like, there are so many people who are rumored to be in this movie. I thought I saw that Wolverine was going to make a cameo. No, because they're working on the Fantastic Four later on down the road. Is that what it was? Um, Mm -hmm. They're they're starting to work on that, um, I think, relatively soon. Um, Who was it? Yeah, the Fantastic Four. They haven't released well, the cast for buckle the Fantastic up, bro. Four. We're on the safari together. They've released. They've released the cast for the Eternals. Mm, I mean, that's that is another thing in and of itself. Yeah, there. I I see nothing about the yeah, cast. I'm just crazy at all. I think you are crazy. So, so what do you think's going on? I think you are crazy. Well, it's actually funny because so Bree caught up on the show, and she was asking about Vision, and with Vision and their neighbor who was like cutting herb, uh, yeah, his plants. And then started cutting the wall, and then Vision came inside and was acting like he was like he was well, saying yeah, something was wrong. Neighbor just cut through their wall. 
Right, but if Vision, but I think Vision is dead. created by so, uh, Wanda. I think Vision, Vision is in the this. I so this is what I think it is. I think this is like a reality that she created because she has the the power of the the Mind Stone. Is that what gave her power? I thought it was. It wasn't the Reality oh, Stone, was and it wasn't the Power Stone. This is getting so nerdy, but <laughs> but she has the yeah. I think it's the power of the the mind stone. So I think she created this world so that she could live out a happy life with Vision, and she wanted to keep Vision as close to natural as possible because that's the man that she loves. So it says she developed her powers due to the exposure yeah. of the mind stone. Yeah. Deep cut. That's what I so. think this is. It's like a coping mechanism. Because she really hasn't had any time to adjust to the fact that she killed Vision. Then he got br- brought back because of the time stone. And then Vision's freaking mind was pinched out of his head by Thanos. And then she gets snapped. Mm-hmm. So she's got to be in some serious psychological pain. She's gonna be, uh, she's gonna be the new Fat Thor. Hopefully, Marvel doesn't make that mistake. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, no, I. But she was so. Brie was asking about Vision in terms of why. Why was he able to pick up on the fact that there was something wrong? If Wanda is really creating this scenario. Then why was he mm-hmm. able to pick up on that? And then for me wondering about I'm you know because it's gonna it's linking up to the multiverse of madness and in the multiverse there's multiple versions of each character and honestly I don't think I don't think Vision I don't think they're gonna bring Vision back. Although honestly, they already sort of laid the the breadcrumbs to bring Vision back when they were talking to. When they were talking about taking the Mind Stone out and keeping right. the Jarvis part of him, an Infinity War with um, what's her name? Right. So uh, T'Challa's sisters. Oh, Suri. Yeah, Suri. Yeah. So they already sort of laid a precedent for being able to do that. So honestly, you could bring Vision back because it's like, well, we were already going to do this in the first place, so he doesn't have the Mind Stone. Let's just fix the front. But he's not going to bring him back. Um, <clears throat> no. But at least like he'd still be there. Iron Man <clears throat> suit, pretty much, with a yeah. with a Swiss Army so, knife penis. <laughs> I think out of I think out of all the people that they created Swiss for your Army pleasure, Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, that's going to be the title that of the episode. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> Oh, That's the man. only thing he has left to offer. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but he can't because he's a computer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we don't need to go <laughs> too far into that, but... <laughs> he can... I was going to say, he can't cut a circuit and leak it. He can just store it. Like, oh. have like a, a, oh, a donation bag. Stuffed in there. You're right. <laughs> and he keeps that at cool temperature. <laughs> oh, man. 
Then, then we're then we're more talking about like the don't breathe, don't breathe. movie. What's that? <clears throat> well, for anybody who's who's seen Don't Breathe and you watched the turkey baster scene, oh my god! What is that? Is that a horror film? Oh my god! So Don't Breathe was the movie where the kids broke into that blind guy's okay. house, and then the blind guy, the blind and deaf guy, uh, no, the blind guy like was trying to oh, kill them. Okay. It was an awesome movie. It was so turkey baster so scene? cool um, because. Yeah, it's it's a uh, again. It'll for me. It'll go down as uh, a very infamous scene in terms of like it was like Does someone shocking. stick a turkey baster up themselves. <clears throat> I feel like you're leaving. You, you have to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm not. I'm never gonna watch this movie. Yeah, you need to. You, you should because it's not. Um, it's not like a like a conjuring type movie. The only reason why it's suspenseful is because the guy is blind and these kids are in his house and they're trying to find ways to get out without him noticing. So there's no monsters, there's no spirits. It's just this this guy is just and and these kids are in his house. So it's not like it's not like again, it's not like some spirits or conjuring movie. It's a very suspenseful like thriller type movie. It's it's really really well done because you have like the scene of these kids who are standing in this hallway, like pressed up against the wall, trying not to breathe, putting their hands over their mouths while this guy is walking down the hallway really slowly, listening for any creak. And then you know that any noise that they make is going to be something that he might be able to hear and uh, uh, follow. It's it's one of the mo- more unique thriller movies that I had seen. You know the movie Hush on Netflix? Uh, it sounds familiar. I say it's kind of like that, but the roles are almost reversed. <laughs> um, Wait, is that the one where? So again, um, it's it's not the it's not a whole... at, like in the woods by herself and the person. Yeah, she's right. yeah she's oh, deaf, and yeah, then somebody's right, right, trying right, to break right. in and kill her. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Hmm. It's kind of like that. It was a really cool movie. Really, really. How do you cool like movie. the? Um... The visuals that WandaVision has, like the old timey feel, the like it's literally an old sixties sitcom or whatever. I I, I, I like the take. So cool. I think, I think it's, it's so clever, and they they just changed it to the seventies. I think is what it is. Yeah, and it was funny because when you. Us knowing it's a simulation, and when they were outside of their house, you could totally see that there were no houses right. behind their neighbors. It was a, it was art, and I was just sitting there, and I was like, "Oh, they totally did that on purpose," and that is so funny in and of itself because, you know, that's just I feel like that's something that. Vision and Wanda would, or Vision would pick up on. But he can't, dude. And he's not. <laughs> but he picked up on the guy. Well, his, uh, his neighbor was acting weird outside. Wall. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> there's a yeah, whatever. I just there's art, but there's not a tree <laughs> behind it. Stupid that. Um, I don't know. First off, oh, 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 this is a good one. What did you think? his neighbors were going to say to Vision when they were like, oh, she's from 
blah 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 like she's not from around here type like what were they gonna say do you think I don't how know. do they know what's going on I d- right exactly so that makes it see in that sense it makes it seem like Wanda doesn't know she's in a simulation. And the reason why is because if they tell Vision, then they know he would go tell her. Are they computer-generated, like, uh, AIs? Or are they real people just like the black chick is? And are they putting themselves in that projection as well? Right, I don't know. And what was that symbol? Yeah, the upside-down cross on the necklace? Have you? Oh, oh. So um, this is a funny uh, Easter egg thing. You know the commercials that are on. How they're like Hydra yeah. products. Did you notice that? I thought that was pretty. Mm-hmm. Was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, hey, that was really Just clever. It all in together. That was really clever. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find like what that upside down cross is because that's going to be a big thing i'm sure going forward and i can't find you think we'll see uh wanda's brother quicksilver i kind of want it i don't know he's kind of dead dead vision is dead dead (laughs) well i know but but see, that would make me think that if Wanda is aware that it's a simulation, why wouldn't she just right. bring her brother back too? <laughs> I don't know. This is it's it's really trippy what's going on. I have no I I honestly don't know. And by the way, for those of you that don't know, there's a theory going around that the uh the chicken at the end of the third episode is the is Captain Marvel's best friend's daughter from the Captain Marvel movie. I don't know what her name is. Um, but what was the chick's name at the end of the the episode? Oh God, what was her name? I don't remember. They she barely said it, but um, yeah, that's the theory right now, which I guess would check out. But so would it though? Um, would she be that so. old? Because Mar- Captain Marvel. When did that take place? Eighties? Uh, yeah. Agnes? No. Monica. It is. Dude, you killed it. Monica Rambo. Oh, yeah. So there's a there's an article on Cinema Blend right now that's saying WandaVision mystery. So who is doing this to Wanda? Um, there's a theory that it could What's be sword? sword. Now, so generally speaking in the comics, sword are good guys. So why would they trap Wanda and Vision in sitcom hell is unclear, but it's always possible there's a reason. It's also possible that the MCU version of S.W.O.R.D. are not good guys. S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't turn out to be so great once either, so apparently there's an organization. There's a possibility that it's just Wanda. Um, There's a possibility that it's AIM. AIM. Um, Yeah. Um, 
I think so. Advanced Idea Mechanics is a scientific organization that, in certain Marvel con- uh, continuities, was created by Baron von Strucker, the same Hydra leader leader who gave Wanda her mm. powers in the first place. Von Strucker is referenced in the TV commercial portion of Episode Two, which is the same episode where we see the guy in the image above the beekeeper. So the members of AIM often wear full body suits that resemble beekeeper outfits, and the name has stuck as a slang Wasn't reference that, to them. Did, didn't um, the beekeeper thing come out? Um, oh gosh, wasn't it like a a flat, like a cutaway or something like that? In the show? Uh, I don't know. And then the other theory is that it could be beings from another world or the multiverse. But but the car, or the plane, I mean, the plane that fell into regard. What is that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did that, de- Ooh, did that deliver Monica? I don't because know. Because her mom was a pilot, so she could also be a pilot? Ooh. I don't. I don't know. We just need. We need. We need to know. We need to know. Let's, we go. Need to know. Let's, Let's go. go. Come on, Marvel. Start pumping them out. <laughs> I know. Seriously. All right. Well, I'm good. Um, you got anything else to add? Um. Have you been watching Legends? Marvel Legends. Uh, they're like like mm, seven minutes. No. Um, summaries of like what happens to characters or what happened to the characters. So they did one for Wanda and they did one for oh, Vision. Yeah. yeah, it was actually kind of nice. It was like a walk down memory oh, lane. Really? You know, like Endgame. The best no. Marvel movie. Right. They announced they a Black Panther 2. Okay. You think? It's going to be his sister, probably. It's, it They're not bringing back sister, Michael B. Jordan. No, there's no reason to. Cool. I don't think there's a reason to. Yeah. I think we're... Yeah, yeah. All right, well then, that'll do it for us on episode 76 of Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. As always, if you stuck with us this long, we really do appreciate it. And uh, we will be back next Tuesday. Or I guess this episode is, we film on Tuesday and release, release it on Wednesday. So we'll be back next Wednesday. And uh, we hope you all have a wonderful week and a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if you're going to watch it. It's not even going to be a Pro Bowl. And if not, then you're not going to miss much. (laughs) It's a Pro Bowl celebration. Are they going to play it? I don't even – I thought – oh, I didn't realize that. Well, enjoy the Pro Bowl (laughs) celebration if you're going to watch it. (laughs) You know what, Jason? You and your family have a great Hey, you know what? Have a wonderful time up in Oregon. and uh, Right now? Try to get a win in Apex. Yeah. (laughs) 